Welcome back to Good Girls, presented by HUDAP. We're your hosts. I am Michaela. And I'm Siobhan. On the Good Girls podcast, we will be tearing down societal expectations of the good girl, reminding the podcast universe that good girls are real people with valid wants, needs, and desires. This is a shame-free zone. Whether you consider yourself a good girl or a bad girl, we're all one and the same. This podcast is brought to you by the team at HUDAP, the alternative approach to commitment-free dating. On the show today, we're talking animated sexual awakenings. Now, as soon as I say that, I know there are going to be some people listening that are absolutely convinced they didn't have an animated sexual awakening. Some of you out there may even think the concept is gross, but what we want to unpack today is what sexual awakenings are, why we have them, who our sexual awakenings were, and why the fuck were animated movies in the late 90s, early 2000s so hot? Okay, I don't know about you, Siobhan, but I am actually very excited to talk about today's topic. I think it's going to be a good one. This was one of the first topics I wrote <laughs> when I was coming up with different ideas that we could talk about. I was like, we're talking about You've this. got a lot of, uh, what is it, first-hand experience, a lot of uh, resources to pull from. And although this topic is very fun and fresh and a good time, um, I do want to take this opportunity to start this conversation with a little bit of talk around shame, around sex ed, um, and around understanding your feelings at different ages. So when I was first doing some research into this topic, a lot of the stuff that I that I keep coming up with was that, you know, people were recounting their experiences of feeling some kind of being drawn to, being attracted to uh, an animated character, a character from their youth that at that age they couldn't understand what their feelings were and so inherently they felt gross and shameful and like they couldn't tell anyone what they had felt or what they had experienced. Um, and I think really what that just what that just tells us is that a this is a, a relatively universal experience. I think that's pretty safe to say. I think if you didn't have an animated sexual awakening or at least an, a sexual awakening that you can recognize whether the character was animated or not, I think if you don't accept that you've had that, you're lying to yourself a little bit. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I don't know a single person who can't tell in detail the first time they felt a fanny tingle. <laughs> <laughs> I love the in detail element there. In detail. Give me a play by play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ask for it, but I receive it. I receive a play by play. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, you know, I, A, this is something that everyone experiences. And B, what I think is really important to note here is that when you're a child, you're not having the same sexual feelings or sexual experiences that you come to understand as an adult. I think it's only through growing up and reflecting that you can put context and meaning behind those experiences. Because when you're a kid, you have no idea, right? Yeah, you have no clue what is happening to you. Yeah, but sexual awakenings tend to happen during adolescence, right? Which is what? 10 to 13 years old. So at that point in time, okay, you might know more than you did as a as a literal baby, but you still don't have any real concept of how real relationships function, how partnerships function, or really anything to do with sex, right? Like you might have heard like your friends giggle about something, you might have seen something on TV, you might have stumbled across something on the internet, but you don't know the pun intended ins and outs of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you waiting for that? Yeah, I was. Uh, you might have stumbled across a, 
R13 part of a cream magazine. Oh, wow. And look, we were talking about this um, the other day. And this may be a very um, Kiwi slash Australian experience, but we had like teen magazines that had specific sections of the magazines that were dedicated to uh, sexy talk. Yeah, it must have, I said R13, but it must have been like R16. Yeah, I don't think those magazines were targeted at 13 year olds. No, but they used to have a little like secret booklet inside that you had to tear off to <laughs> un- like to unlock it the secret. It felt so dramatic. Yeah, and I feel like parents just didn't know that that was in there. Or else my mum never would have let me buy that. Exactly. And that is also not a place to get sex ed. Right, exactly. Those advice columns in those magazines were not the place. Just Google any 90s Cosmo article and you will answer your own questions on that one. Yeah, so (laughs) obviously at 10 to 13 years of age, you do not have a good grasp of sexual education. No, no, not at all. And I found this article um, that had some input from Dr. Catherine Seifert. And she is a a child psychologist. And I think she summed up this part of this conversation really, really well. So she basically says, this is a direct quote, children are not looking for a partner. They are trying to understand relationships. They are curious and learning about relationships and what they mean. It does not mean the same thing for a child to have a crush on someone and an adult falling in love with another person and having adult sexual feelings towards that person. These are two very different experiences. And I think especially when you're combining this adolescent age group with the beginning of puberty, with hormones being bloody all over the show, like everything feels very intense and everything feels very new. But it's not the same as an adult. And I think that is incredibly important to make clear in this conversation. Yeah, because obviously some of like these animated characters are animals. <laughs> Literal animals. And also like adult men characters, mm-hmm. teenage men characters, and you're kind of talking about 10 to 13-year-olds. Yeah. So I think it's important to really resonate that you as a child did not want to have sex with this person. Yeah, that's not what we're saying here. (laughs) Because you don't even know what sex is. And I feel like that when I was asking people, did you have a sexual awakening to this character? They were like, well, I didn't want to fuck them. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. That's what we're saying is I know you didn't actually want to fuck them because like you didn't want to fuck anyone then. Yeah. But did you have a crush on some, like any character? Did someone make you feel a certain way? It's really just as simple as that. No shame. Absolutely. Absolutely no shame. And I think because there is so many situations and so many people that are so unwilling to have sex-related conversations with adolescents that that naturally results in a sense of shame. You don't understand those feelings. They feel wrong or from outside sources, you're being told that sex is wrong or sex is not, you know, not something that you should be thinking about. And obviously it's it's not really something you should be thinking about at, at 10 to 13, but that doesn't mean that you should, it doesn't mean that the fallback should be shame. Yeah. And I do think a lot of that issue around shame, because obviously, you know, when you think about it, if you've experienced such shame as a child, especially around sex related topics, you're not going to develop healthy communication skills around sex. You're likely going to, you know, maybe put yourself in some situations that you're not prepared for or that you don't understand because all you've been told is that sex is is not something that you should be thinking about or is not, you know, an, an appropriate topic of conversation. But I hate to break it to you. 
like sex is a thing it's a vital conversation <laughs> to have yeah and i do think part of part of this shame is is a lack of age appropriate sex education in schools specifically i even think back to an intermediate when we had like a sex ed talk kind of at what you get at again another new zealand thing intermediate is like 11 to 12 10 yeah 11 to 12 yeah 11 to, 11 12. to 13 yeah years old um we had a sex ed talk but the girls had it about periods and pregnancy mm -hmm. and the boys had it about wet dreams yeah. and these were separate as if girls don't have wet dreams but that's a conversation, <laughs> that's for, a conversation again, for another day we're always like that's a conversation for another day <laughs> um yeah that the idea that boys can have wet dreams but it was not even talked about with girls just like with like masturbation mm -hmm. is like kind of expe an expected thing for young boys to go through but for young girls it's like a taboo shameful mm -hmm. thing it's i think it's because when you do when schools do have if if you went to a school or you know the the whatever children in your life go to a school that even offers sex ed which we know isn't isn't a standard across all schools um but even when those conversations do happen it's never about pleasure it's about like organs <laughs> it's about periods and it's about how to prevent a pregnancy at at any other level we're never talking about pleasure we're never talking about sex as as a fun exciting you know good thing to do um and so especially when you're having a reaction to something as a small as a, as a child that is bringing you some form of pleasure some form of good feeling that you can't articulate you're not taught that that's okay yeah, you're kind of taught that this is a feeling reserved for adults mm -hmm. and linked to pregnancy, mm -hmm. STIs. Like that's the kind of education you get. These are graphic photos of herpes. <laughs> Don't <laughs> get this. to show you. Um, so obviously like pleasure is not really high on the agenda for schools to teach because like I – I think my school did teach about condoms, but yeah. I know some of the other schools nearby really only taught about abstinence. So even that in itself, like being taught that you shouldn't have sex makes that feeling even more shameful yeah. that you're not even having sex, but you're feeling this type of way without having sex. Yeah. Like that is just <laughs> too much for a young person's mind to compute. I think. Yeah. Exactly. And especially when you, when you throw in the hormonal aspect. Uh, everyone is feeling all sorts of feelings between the ages of whatever puberty hits. So like, you know, I don't know, 12, 13, et cetera, to like being an actual proper teenager of being, you know, 16, 17, 18. Like your brain is doing all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. I think uh, the best way to actually compare this is like, think about the crushes like on real people you had at 12 yeah. and 13. I don't want to fuck any of those people. No. Maybe a cheeky kiss. Just a little, yeah. But even then, that was beyond <laughs> that was my time. That's too fast for me. <laughs> but you didn't want to fuck this person. You didn't even know that that was really. No, you're thing. just like I like this person. They make me feel good. Yeah, and obviously, when you get older, that changes, and you can kind of start to distinguish what was a crush, like a fleeting crush, and who you actually liked, and how the difference between those kinds of feelings yeah. and the depth of those to, emotions. Being able to recognize lust as a big element. Oh yeah. I I feel like that that is the most important thing actually is when you realize oh this is actually what it's like to want to sleep with someone. Yeah. This is what it means to want to fuck. Yeah. 
And I ain't feeling that about animated characters at 10 years old. That's not, no. no. I just know these, this, this beautiful thing that I'm looking at makes me feel pretty good. Yeah, it made the fanny flutter a little bit. Yeah. Harmless. Oh. I have a heartbeat down there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> See, and this is the thing, right? This is, people need to stop thinking that anything to do with sex especially when you're talking about you know the experiences that you've had throughout your life that anything is shameful because again if we're all honest with ourselves it's it's happened at some stage and even if you can only reflect back at that as as an adult like if you really had to sit and think about it i promise you if you did you will come up with something you will come up with your sexual awakening and it will be probably something so random if you can't think of it on the top of your head i can guarantee it'll be some random ass thing Honestly, when I was doing the, <laughs> when I was doing some research for this episode and I, you know, was writing the characters off the top of my head and I was asking my friends and I was like, just kind of pottering around. I realized that there are a lot more characters that I had had some kind of, some kind of feeling about that I thought that I had. And like, it got progressively weirder the more that I thought about it. More animals got involved. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it gets more. Don't think about it too hard. No, just just enjoy the haha funny moment with your friends. Yeah. Ask your friends. It's funny. Is it? Yes, hopefully it'll be funny. For you, for me, it wasn't so much. <laughs> My friends were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, okay, I've got the wrong audience. Uh, thanks for coming tonight, guys. Yeah, you people need to live a little. Yeah, live a little or like think a little bit harder. Yeah, just take a second. Yeah. I'm so surprised no one came back to us with that like weird puppet from High Five. Oh my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. And look, I, there was a lot of, a lot of other things going on in High Five for me to focus on. Hello, Charlotte. Um, Many other things to focus on. But look, okay. The puppet? I'm not saying that it was me. (laughs) I'm just saying that someone should have mentioned it. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm shocked that it's come up for no one else. I mean, nobody at all. That is so (laughs) weird. weird. (laughs) Okay, now that we have had the somewhat serious part of this conversation around shame and sex ed and, you know, reflecting on these feelings as an adult, we got to get into the good stuff. We really got to get into the good stuff. And I want to start this conversation by giving a humble shout out to... 90s and early 2000s animated movies and animators and animators. I don't know they who have real you are, here. but not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> and that Some is these animators wear glasses and work at a keyboard yeah. creating Prince Eric. Some are doing that. Some are doing the hard yards for us. I would like to provide a handwritten note of appreciation to all of the animators that created characters that I have had as a child very confusing feelings about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, like when we were, when I was having a, a think back in my memory about the characters that really triggered these things in me, there was a couple of key movies where I was like, give me any character, I'll take it. Uh, any character in this movie, I will take it. Okay. And I want to start off by acknowledging what I believe to be the ultimate by animated movie, like top tier by content. That movie is The Road to El Dorado. I have not seen it, but I believe I will be getting an education today. You will, because I have I have strong feelings about the fact that you haven't seen it and I'm giving you homework to go home after this and watch it because it is a, it's a great story. It's like a very fun very fun story but there are two main characters that are both dudes that have a very 
There, that is a very queer-centric relationship. No one is explicitly queer, obviously, because this is the 90s and it's Disney for children. Um, but big, big, lovable, uh, you know, no homo, but homo. No homo, but homo. homo. Yeah, you, like, you understand what I'm saying? And then about a third of the way into the movie, you are introduced to this absolutely beautiful woman. Right. She's stunning. Think think that 90s animation all curves that are anatomically incorrect. We got we got big titty tiny waist situation. So you mean my body type? I do. <laughs> I press that. You're picking up what I'm putting down. And that whole movie is just the three of them. It's like kind of a love triangle, but kind of not. It's like two of them are kind of together and the other guy's like, hey, I love you both. I just want to be a part of this. And so like almost throuple energy and I support it, but massive buy energy and every character in that movie it's hot. Sexy. Sexy. I do know what they look like. Yeah. So I can say that, yes, they are hot. But I've just never I've just never seen hot. it. Is that the one where they go on a boat? <laughs> is that the one where they go on a boat? Um, kind of. I don't think that is descriptive enough for an animated film. <laughs> but um possibly. All I know is they're on a boat. Okay, but okay, so you haven't seen The Road to El Dorado. I will I will accept that for now. Did you watch Atlantis? That's the one I'm thinking of. And the guy has glasses. The That's has the boat glasses. one. <laughs> There's the boat one. That's the boat one. Again. I have seen that. I think I was really young though when I saw it. You probably that. were. See, there's only a couple of years difference between Siobhan and I. And luckily, like, we both had older sisters that, like, kind of got us into things before our years. But Siobhan's older sister is my age and my older sister is three years above me. So I've got, like, a little bit more of my older sister was watching these things, doing these things, and I was just happy to be there. Happy? You were happy to be I there? I was simply happy. No thoughts, just happy to be there. Um, but Atlantis, again, every character is fuckable. I, to this day, think my dream man is the guy with the glasses Milo, from. Milo, beautiful boy. And the name as well, say less. I am a uh, proudly queer woman, um, but if I had to pick a type for men, it's Milo. Skinny, glasses, like malnourished skinny. Yeah, like he's <laughs> about no to drop dead. Like yeah. somebody get this man some iron tablets, yeah. some vitamin C. Um, yeah. Chuck on oh, some glasses. I want to make agree. sure you don't have 20-20 vision and yeah. we're good to go. I I stand by what you're saying. Thank you. And again, all the characters are hot. Milo's hot. Helga, bad bitch energy. Love that from her. Audrey, stunning. Kida, absolutely stunning. Like there is, they did no wrong in that movie. They were like, let's just put a bunch of sexy people on this boat. <laughs> I love how stuck you are on the boat thing. You're, you're not wrong. There is a boat involved. I just feel so glad that I was right about something. Like I, in my head, I was picturing sexy people on a boat <laughs> and I thought you were talking about that was the road to El Dorado. And I was like, yeah, I 100% agree with this. Yeah. Yes. But Atlantis is the one I agree on. And I'm still correct. Yeah. They were sexy. Yeah. I, to this day, am still trying to find a Milo. Um, additionally, I, and this is probably for a movie, my like biggest can actively remember these things. And that's because I still regularly watch this movie to this day because it does slap. Hercules. Oh, yeah. Megara. Oh, 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 oh. Beautiful. Goodbye. Stunning. Um, and this, look, this is going to come out a little bit out of left field. 
Hades? No, that's not left field. I was thinking it too. I really appreciate when you validate me like that. It's really good. Um, But yeah, I think that, I mean, it's not like he's an unattractive man. I mean, man, God, man, let's just go with that. Um, But the energy, the sass, the sarcasm, the pure vibes. I get it. The vibes. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like, Hercules was okay as well, but... (laughs) But, like, really not the priority here. And clearly not our type. Clearly not. (laughs) He could be furthest from Michaela's (laughs) type. Like, if I have to have a man, I don't want a big muscly one. No, thank you. I want a cuddly one. Or, I guess, opposite of cuddly as well. (laughs) I want skin and bone. Skin and bone and tiny little glasses. Not Hercules level muscles is what we're trying to get at here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to hear some input from you. What uh, what movies can you think back to? Any particular characters? What are we feeling? I'm trying to think of um, ones with fatty ensemble casts of hot people. You really set up like Monsters Inc. No. <laughs> uh, I, I what did I read? Some 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 celebrity. I think some like kind of C level celebrity was like my sexual awakening was Sully Sully I knew it wasn't going to be Mike Wazowski no but I get the Sully thing I yeah that's that's who was in my head when I said yeah. it and um who was Mike's lady friend with the snakes snake hair what was her name I don't know but the I know exactly who you're talking about also the gecko guy the evil one he had a bit of an energy <laughs> there was an energy there which is why to this day I look for evil men <laughs> <laughs> That's my type. Disney and Pixar really conditioned me as yeah. a child to seek out horrible men. Horrible men. <laughs> That's that is a big thing though. They make villains so sexy. So sexy. Gar. Yeah. Why is I looking looking back at him doing a double take? It's because that it's that confidence. Yeah, they make all of their evil characters so confident and so cheeky. Yeah. I can't think of a better word, but they're che- like they're cheeky. They, they have to know that that is gonna cause some attraction. Yeah. When you're writing that script, if you're not thinking some child is gonna is gonna really think about this. Yeah, they're gonna think too hard about this. <laughs> but you're so right when it comes to the villains. Yeah, they always make them hard. Yeah. Like, um I mean props to Ursula as she is, but human Ursula. What a sexy woman. Stunning. Um Jafar. Yeah. I mean, Aladdin is way hotter, but Jafar objectively was not was nothing to nothing to shy away from. No no no. But yeah. They just make villains too hot. <laughs> well, I mean, there there is a natural correlation. Chigo? Oh, I mean, the ultimate. I think it, my brain was very focused on movies uh, that I forgot the queen of sexual awakenings herself, Shiga. Miss Chigo. Yeah. It's like you thought you were straight and then you watched Kim Possible and then you saw Kim and you were like, oh, maybe I might be a little. Chigo comes on screen. Okay, yeah, I like women. There we go. Um, yes, objectively, uh, Chigo was much more... My type. It's not like I couldn't appreciate Kim Possible, but I mean, she got that full skin tight leather outfit. I mean, I'm only human. But those moments, any any fight scene between both Kim and Chico, that really that really ignited some feelings. Even Bonnie, yeah. they really said women deserve rights. <laughs> Kim Possible creators were like, let's make all these bitches fucking stunning and thank you thank you thank you so much for that and we tuned in every week as we did y'all did not fail the task at hand not at all okay this one this one's gonna sound a bit odd and i just need you to trust the process here okay um and it, it really piggybacks off of this like typically 
bad guy, typically evil, or at least trying to insinuate some level of scariness. Gil from Finding Nemo. You may remember him as the scarfish. The fish with the scar. The scarfish? Yeah. Do you not remember him? In the fish tank, in the dentist's office, he has the scar over his eye. There's something sexy about that fish. There's something (laughs) sexy about that fish. (laughs) This episode, taken out of context, is really going to do some damage. Something sexy about that fish. (laughs) That should be the tagline for for Finding Nemo. It should be. I think it would, I mean, not to say it wasn't already a massively big seller, but I think if, if if I had been on that marketing team, hey, I really think we need to highlight the sexy, sexy fish. And they're like, Nemo's a baby. And you're like, we're not (laughs) talking about Nemo. Uh, I did not mention Nemo whatsoever because, again, a child. I'm talking about the fish that's in the movie for maybe five minutes. And it clearly had a lasting impact. It had an impact. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Something about the scar over the eye. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, that's the vibe. And I think that that has translated to me as an adult as well because – Men that have like cleft lips do something to really? me. Really? That's the little scar there, right? right am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Well, what is this? I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. I feel like a cleft lip now that I'm actually thinking about is when your tooth comes through your lip. Is that right? Um, I don't have enough information to accurately comment on this. Uh, just excuse us one moment while we uh, Google Hold this real quick. Hold caller? Nope. That. Oh, I think I am right. And then you as an adult, want- it scars over. Yeah. I think this is what Dermot Mulroney has. I want to say yes to that. I want to agree with you. I think I'm right. Not that I don't think you're right. It's that um, this has taken an interesting turn. Yeah. Sorry. I... I don't know where this came from. Um, yeah, there's something about like scars yeah. that do something for me. Like I know that you probably got it from something stupid, but. But maybe that's the appeal as well. It's like the lovable idiot. No, it's because I tell myself that you did it, got us doing something heroic. <laughs> right. So you formulate the story. In my head. In your brain where you're like, this man is my knight in shining armor. Yeah. He's going to save me, but I've never been in a situation where I needed to be saved. But nonetheless, I think you're a badass action star or something like that. But really, you just like flipped on a trampoline, <laughs> landed on the springs. This is a personal experience. That's what happened to me. And I have a scar under my eyebrow because of it. And why did I do a backflip? Because a boy I like said, can you do a backflip? And I said, yeah, I can. Yes, Backflipped onto the springs. His mum had a panic attack. <laughs> I'm laughing, but this sounds incredibly traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, it was traumatic. I think the takeaway is don't ever try and impress men. Yeah, that was the first and last time mm-hmm. I ever tried to impress a man. Mm-hmm. That is also a fucking lie. <laughs> I try and impress people every day. Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. Okay, so we got scars. We got bad boys. We've got, you know, movies where everyone is ridiculously attractive for no apparent reason, which I think is an important note, is that someone in that animation team, someone in the production team was like, make him sexy. And just no explanation. Yeah, but I think from what (coughs) the tangent we went on, we've missed the key category, Knight in Shining Armors, Mm -hmm. princes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the good guys. See, this, this could be a gay thing, but I find princes... Very, very boring. 
I think in movies they have no personality because all they're designed to be there for is to be, you know, the happily ever after moment. Um, and I also think that they all look very similar. That does not mean that there aren't a few standouts, a few key princes that really take the cake. Personally, I props to Prince Eric. I mean, he's stunning. Of that era of Disney princes, he's definitely up the top. He definitely is. And Aladdin. And I don't know if my appreciation for Aladdin is really just a reflection of my appreciation for Jasmine. Yeah, I was thinking that. But also underrated Li Shang from Mulan. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And we're teetering back into the gay territory here. <laughs> but didn't he start falling in love with Mulan when he thought she was a he? Yes. And this I, is another bi movie. This is another bi movie. This is another iconic queer moment. Um, and I do think that Li Shang and Fa Ping, which is boy Mulan's name of yeah. choice, both that dynamic and Li Shang with Mulan, both very sexy dynamics. Yeah. For different reasons, obviously. Forbidden love. I can't help myself. I do love it. It does any any character that's in some kind of forbidden love story. I just, I can get behind it. I can, yeah. Who can't? Right? Who can't? We're taking a quick break so you can learn more about our sponsor, HUDAPP. HUDAPP is a dating app with the sole mission of helping you get your rocks off with people who like to do it how you do. Say goodbye to swiping and hello to endless scrolling. Scroll through all your potential hookups and send a message request to the bang of your dreams. The good girls are all about being honest, open and fucking kinky. So using My Bedroom, you can add what you like, receiving or giving between the sheets and find your perfect match today. Download HUDAPP from the App Store. I feel like we have touched on bringing up animals, but I really don't think that we've brought it up enough. And this just goes back to uh, the animation style of this 90s, 2000s moment. Like, I'm sorry, but who allowed you to make a lion and a lioness so hot? Yeah. Every single one of those characters is hot. Yeah. Simba, Mufasa, Scar, Nala, Simba's mum. I don't know her name, but she was also hot. Yeah. And these are lions. We're talking about lions. Why did the hyenas have something a bit spicy about them too? <laughs> Again, it's because you're attracted to the bad boys. Yeah. Chaos. Chaos. I'm attracted to chaos. And that clearly uh, developed from a young age as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can learn a lot about a person by who they were attracted to as children. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think part of that fun element is like, how boring were you? How basic was your sexual awakening? And how how much did you push the box out as a push the boat out as a child? Yeah. If you tell me some shit like Zach Efron, get out of here. Boring. You're boring. And also that tells me, at least for our demographic, that you wait, how old was I when high school musical came? Out? I feel like you're gonna think that you were a lot older than you were. And it was still like before twenty ten. Yeah, so maybe I was like ten. So maybe that's a perfectly acceptable answer. Even though we all know that um Zach Efron in seventeen again will top Zach Efron in high school musical every single time. A hundred percent. And hairspray? <gasps> Link? Wow. We're going off track right now, but whenever we talk about hairspray, I always think about how I never knew it was about like segregation. Just like in The Sound of Music, I blocked out the fact that it was set in Nazi Germany. 
like you you're really out here bopping to the music the hills are alive and you're like they're literally running from nazis that is those are nazis those are nazis you're 16 going on 17 i'm 16 going to run away from literally hitler yeah thanks I'm 17 and I'm scared. Clearly you were far too focused on the complete nutter bops. Yes. Than the context of each of these films. Yeah. I didn't grasp a single thing that the movie was actually about. No, my only focus is either Julie Andrews or Zac Efron. Yeah. Nothing else that's happening in those films. And and um, I just want to make it clear, not that I not that I was um crushing on Julie Andrews in that previous statement, um, but I just simply love her. What's wrong with crushing on Julie Absolutely Andrews? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The my biggest crush on her though is in Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah. She is she is iconic. And Joe from the Princess Diaries? Yeah. I think we're going to slowly teeter into, just put our foot into human crushes. Yeah, but I, but I, I, I really want to stay in animated because I think it's so funny and I think it is just yeah. such an eye-opener of a discussion. Um, but let's move away from 90s and early 2000s movies specifically. I do want to make a quick pit stop and acknowledge some celebrity animated sexual awakenings that I was able to locate through Hunting on the Interwebs. Um, so there was an episode of the Graham Norton show, um, that talked about a couple of different celebrities, um, animated sexual awakenings. So I'm going to give you some names and I'm just going to, I'm just going to see what comes to mind when you think what these people could have chosen as their awakenings. Okay. Uh, okay, I like that. And to be fair, um, I am putting you on the back foot here because- these aren't like the first celebrities that come to mind when you think celebrities. So let's start with Eddie Redmayne. Do we immediately know who that person is? Yes. Okay, great. Initial thoughts. Great question. Immediately, I think he looks like um, Sherman from Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Um, that's completely <laughs> that irrelevant. No, that, that's the game now. What does the celebrity <laughs> look like? What animated character does the celebrity look like? Who would be their crush? Eddie Redmayne. I am going to say, is it an animal or a human? It is an animal. Is it a weird one? I would say this is a pretty standard one. This doesn't scream spicy to me apart from the fact that it's an animal. So Nala. Absolutely Nala. Okay. Absolutely Nala. And through my research, this has been a recurring theme on the interwebs. Yeah. And I look, I get it. I'm, I'm not surprised. Sad. I'm Shocked he admitted that. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Yeah, like, go you. Thanks yeah. for letting us know that. it. Yeah, thanks for letting us know that you thought that Lady Lion was sexy as hell. I appreciate it. Okay, Anna Kendrick. Is it the Beast from Beauty and the Beast? No. Great guess. No. Anna Kendrick. Um, and this one, for me, I don't know if this is, like, me being slightly too young for this, but this was not... This is a character that I discovered through doing this research. Not discovered. I knew, I knew the baseline of, of what the character was. But I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Foxy Robin Hood. So oh, that's old school. Yeah, like, you're aware of the Robin Hood version that is animated that is entirely with foxes. Which, look, is an interesting reimagination of the story. Um, but it from from the research that I've done, it looks like it had quite the effect on people. Yeah, I I have seen this, and the bad guy in it always wore this like little hat, like one of those old timey hats, and he had something spicy about him. Yeah. Another reoccurring thing is I always had crush on these old fucking men, <laughs> old fucking fox characters. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that's interesting choice. Yeah, I know. And then, all right, this one I don't think you're necessarily going to get purely because we're talking about a celebrity that is significantly older than us. Okay. Liam Neeson. Human? Human. How old was the movie? Um, Movie and also TV series, if that helps add to the image. And we're talking, I mean, this was probably on TV in like, like 70s through 80s. And then, like, had a little bit of a reimagining in the 90s. I have no idea. Wilma Flintstone. Okay, work. Yeah, I get it. The little white dress, pearls, cute. Yeah. I had a crush on Fred Flintstone, but the human version. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like you think I'm going to laugh at you with that, but as as I was coming to be with Liam Neeson's animated crush here, it really sparked a memory about the live action movie of the Flintstones. And I think both Wilma and. The other woman. What is her name? Wilma and I want to say Marge. I know that's wrong. Yeah, I think it is wrong. But let's, for, for the purpose of this conversation, we know we'll what her name her is. Marge. <laughs> we'll call her Marge. But um, both, of those, both of those ladies um, in, the, in the live action movie had an impact on me, I think. Yeah, who played Marge? <laughs> We're asking questions that we simply cannot ask. That we cannot I feel like the chick that played her looked like Linda Cardellini. Possibly. But Halle Berry and Viva Rock Vegas? Stop. Carl McLaughlin and his lack of sleeves the entire movie? (laughs) That movie really is something else. Again, lots of sexy people in that movie. But we are talking real life human beings and that's slightly less exciting. Yeah. But like, again, we were children and these were like adults. Yeah, see. uh, And I don't think anyone's ever said, yeah, John Goodman's a bit of me. (laughs) But you're hearing it today. John Goodman is a bit of me. But again, I think it's the vibe from Fred Flintstone. I think it's yeah, the vibe. And the the fact that I could really think that and I saw their toes throughout the whole movie. <laughs> this is where we reveal that Siobhan has quite an issue with toes. Just. I don't need to see them. I don't need to see them. <laughs> I like my feet. Yeah. You're like, I, I do get asked for feet pics on the rig. I do understand when I look at my own feet. Oh, my God, it's Jane Krakowski. Oh, of course it is. Who does she play? Okay, we've okay. got the answer, guys. Betty. Betty, obviously. Duh. Betty. Um, I was talking about this with someone the other day. I think it was my little sister, and she was like, does a Baldwin play Fred? No, um, does a Baldwin play Barney? And yeah. I was like, yeah, Hayley Bieber's dad. <laughs> she was like, I thought her dad would be one of the famous ones. <laughs> We're just we're going everywhere today. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm I'm bringing us back. That was Liam Neeson. Okay, we've circled <laughs> we've circled right back through that conversation. Yeah, away from feet. <laughs> okay, I have one last celebrity for you, okay. and this was spoken about in a Marie Claire interview. The celebrity is Rupert Grint. Jesus, I know. human. Um, there's two of them, and both of them are human. I mean, technically, both of them take human form. <laughs> take human form. <laughs> That will make more Is sense it if you know Swan, the answer. The, the girl from Swan Lake? No. Hmm. Take human form. Think one as definitely a, like, one that you're having is definitely a child and one that you're having is more of, like, a young teenager. These are, like, these represent two different places in his life. Okay, child mm-hmm. and they both become humans. It's not <laughs> Fiona. No. It's not that they become humans. It's that they are they are a person, but they're not human. Does that make sense? I feel like they gave it away. They're a person, but they're not human. Would you like me to tell you? Yeah. Bo Peep from Toy Story. Do you understand what I mean now? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't feel like I could call her a human because she is a toy. 
Um, but she does take human form. I see. Okay. So that was the child that one. That was the child one. Okay. So similar vibe for the adult? Almost complete opposite vibe. Oh. And we're, we're definitely talking TV, not movie. TV. And it's the same brief, possibly like a human. No, this one's definitely human. Just human. Okay. TV. Um, 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 um. Think of being a teenage boy watching an animated TV show. He's a bit older than us. Not by much at all. He's 26. Is it? My mind has got the girl from um, The Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know. Don't ask me questions. For some reason, Timmy's girlfriend from The Fairly Odd Parents is in my mind. You're wrong. I think that's wrong. Yeah. 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 Um, And I'm going to reveal it to you now. Uh, Lewis Griffin from Family Guy. So we're talking like very much teenage moment. And uh, look, I don't, I don't personally see the appeal but please don't ever google lewis griffin hot you will find stumble across some videos that i don't think you're prepared to see yeah i don't think i need to see lois griffin hot <laughs> is she it's just because she's already hot yeah yeah fair yeah. yeah but yeah interesting i never would have guessed that no i see he's a thing for ringers i mean fair. he's just he's just they're trying to procreate yeah he's just you know the ginger what he knows wars <laughs> The ginger was. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Good, good, good. Um, so, yeah, that was just a little little side tidbit of uh, celebrity animated sexual awakenings. Yeah. I think that should become a every guest question on Graham Norton's show. I think so, too, because I think it's hilarious. What would your answer be? So, I'm Graham. Hello. 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 <laughs> Are you going to do that accent the whole time? No. <laughs> Michaela. What's your, what was your sexual awakening? What would you say your number one was? Number one. Ah, it's a tie. It's a tie. Okay. Shego, obviously. Yeah. I feel like I've already made that very clear. Yeah. And absolutely Megara from Hercules. Okay. We've covered them. Yeah. I, I don't hold back from, from my answers to this question because they, and again, I think Meg from her side and both of them. Big bad bitch energy. Yeah. And I think that is what resonated to me at that age. Like I think that's all I could really understand in those moments. Was like, that's a bad bitch. Confidence. Awesome. I think mine is similarly Shigo and Danny Phantom. So both with the like, you know, Shigo with her green and black outfit, Danny Phantom with his white hair, little white outfit, white and black outfit. I just there's something about their animation style because very similar as well. Very similar. Similar, like, era of Disney? Is it, I, I think Danny Phantom, wasn't it? Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Cartoon Network? I don't, don't know. I don't know. I just <laughs> channel surfed through the three <laughs> channels that the kids' shows were on. Um, Yeah, mine were definitely Danny Phantom and Shigo. Yeah. Or human ones, Peter Pan from the live action. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're talking literal, like, flesh and bone real human. Gotcha. Yeah, that, was- that was, like, I think Peter Pan was, like, the first... I'm so sorry to Danny Phantom. I'm so sorry to this man. <laughs> but Peter Pan live action when I was like, I must have been like nine, yeah. was the first time I was like, oh, my God, my pussy got a heartbeat. Yeah. Or the mum and dad from Spy Kids. Yeah. I There is a lot of feelings that have been created through the dynamic of the parents in Spy Kids. Yeah. As individuals, very beautiful people. As a couple, oof, that's some spice. Put right them now. on a HUD app. Put them on the app. I will match with that couple yeah. immediately. Um, I yeah, I'll make it work. 
Yeah. I could be a third. Yeah. But and even to this day. Yeah, they're both still beautiful. Stunning. I do have um I do have a lot of love for Antonio Banderas specifically. I fucking love him. Again, another quote from my younger sister most recently. She was playing like Smash or Pass mm-hmm. with all these celebrities. And Antonio Banderas came up and she said, Oh, pass. And we were like, on Antonio Banderas. And she said, That's puss and boots. And I said, What's your point? So What's pass. Point? What? <laughs> I'm like, puss and boots smash. Oh, puss and boots, absolute smash. The confidence, the sex appeal. He's really got it. And I never even thought about it until this very moment. But like this exact topic has kind of been a trend on TikTok. Yeah. How did it actually take me this long to remember that people were playing Smash or Pass? Yeah. With Disney characters. I would say Smash for so many of them. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the videos that I see where everyone's getting a smash because I think that is the most realistic option. Yeah. Maybe not like the creepy ass characters. And maybe not like the literal children characters. That's too far. That's very much too far. Because I think Smash and Pass, unlike this conversation, is like, you can actually fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. We're 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 talking we're talking let's have a good time right now. Yeah. So we're keeping literal children as far away from that conversation as possible. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, going back to the uh, honorable mention of the parents from Spy Kids being ultra sexy as a duo, I want to take a moment to appreciate some other impeccable duos that look, granted, hot on their own, but as a duo or as a thruple, even hotter. Obviously, and we've already mentioned Kim Possible and Chico. That's a given. That is a given. Is a given. Fred and Daphne from the animated, original animated version of Scooby-Doo. And look, it's not to say that the live action 2000s Scooby-Doo movies don't deserve a special shout out because they absolutely do. Velma. Velma in that orange leather jumpsuit. Absolutely. I don't know what we as a society did to deserve that. We didn't. We didn't deserve it. We are still um, waiting for the moment that we deserved that. It was a gift that just keeps on giving. Um, But yes, special shout out to um, Fred and Daphne, I think. Very beautifully wholesome hot couple in the animated world. Wholesome. Yeah. I think wholesome. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I think wholesome. Maybe because it's just some unwholesome thoughts came to my mind. Yeah, that see, that's on you. Was that's, that's on you, pal. Confusing, yeah. An obvious, another obvious um, option that we've, that we've covered before is Nala and Simba. Yeah. Definitely some vibes something about them rolling around stop okay that scene we it's getting a bit too we, we get, uh, it's welcome to huds audio porn <laughs> <laughs> and look we won't hold back shrek and fiona yeah i think the dynamic as a couple especially like as the movies go on look it's not to say that anything past shrek 2 is is really worth watching shrek 2 look i will admit shrek 2 better than shrek 1 and yeah. I will put my hand on heart and and stick up for that opinion because I think it's true. I also will not hate on the third Shrek, mainly because I had a humongous <coughs> Shrek baby. Like, it was like a stuffed toy of like one of the Thank Shrek Thank you for babies. clarifying that this was a stuffed toy. I was very <laughs> confused. I was like, what do you mean? It was like a Shrek baby. Humongous, like probably the size of my torso. Wow. It was massive. And I got it from Countdown, 
which is a grocery store in New Zealand. Yeah, that's odd. <laughs> I got it from Countdown and it was huge. So clearly I loved the third one because that's when they had babies, right? Yeah. But I think the beauty of, of Shrek 2 is that you've got the objectively sexy ogre Shrek and ogre Fiona moments. You've also got human Shrek and human Shrek really do hit different. Yeah. And obviously Fiona is already beautiful. We've, we've yes. been exposed. Stunning. Um, um, also the yesification of the oh, dragon right? lady. Oh, yeah. She, she was quite stunning. I don't know who applied those falsies, but impeccable. She is stunning. She that is stunning. Uh, purple eyeshadow girl, go for it. I don't know how her and Donkey procreated, but... Yeah, I think that's just going to be a question that we will ask ourselves for decades to come and no one will ever have an answer. I would hope not. But I do. I did think you were going to mention the yassification of Donkey into the white stallion um, oh, in yes. Shrek 2, and I, that I agree with 110%. I forgot about that, yeah. That is pure yassification right there. Just... All of the characters and <gasps> the fairy godmother, honorable mention. She's stunning. I will never look at a sequin red dress the same way. And not think of her. Yeah. Even after I saw this tweet and it was like, um, about I need a hero, the song, and it was like, I love that when we play this audio, there are just so many references that pop up. Glee? Yes. Shrek? Mm-hmm. Euphoria now? Mm-hmm. 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 And something else that I've forgotten. But Shrek is the standout, let's be real. Stunning. But, like, what a stunning range of covers. <sighs> You're so right. You are so right. And all of them feel a little bit LGBTQ. <laughs> LGBTQ. Yeah, even the Fairy Godmother's rendition. Yeah. That actually feels a little, when you think about it, weird vibes because isn't she singing about her son yeah that is a questionable dynamic we're talking about hot sexy dynamics that one is the opposite he's hot though the son is hot he's a bit dumb he's very dumb but again my type dumb just all my different types (laughs) we're touching on them all dumb but cute shrek absolute asshole absolute jerk yeah loner yeah grouchy yeah grumpy yeah the dream the dream the dream man. I've got about 20 dream men after this. You have a lot of dreams, clearly. Yeah, none of them are a reality. That's Not okay. a single one, but that's only okay. a matter of time, babe. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> I feel like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Back to animated, because that, that we can truly appreciate in this moment. Absolute honorable mention, Elastigirl and Mr. Incredible. Particularly the rooftop scene. The rooftop scene. You're talking about the Incredibles, but you're not talking about that bitch with the white hair. Yeah, she is also, yes. And I kind of feel like if we're talking about duos, the her and Mr. Incredible, like I mm, knew it was never going to happen. But there was definitely but there was a vibe. something sexy about that, like, it feels so wrong, but it's so right. See, th- we're teetering back towards my forbidden love enjoyment. Uh, yeah. But I think I'm, that forbidden love i only really do enjoy it though when it's not gonna break up a couple when it's yeah not gonna destroy we're a marriage not, and a family yeah we're not pro cheating but we are pro open communication and exploration of desires in a couple yeah. um and as long as everyone is consenting and enthusiastic do you want to explore outside your 
you, the confinements of your monogamous relationship? Go for it. And that white-haired bitch from The Incredibles is a great option. And honestly, <laughs> she's the way to go. And honestly, and I tweeted this about four years ago, and I stand by it. Elastigirl is a lesbian. I'm sorry. Big lesbian vibes. And I love it. Sorry, but Violet does too. Yeah, I get that. But like more Ema. Which, same, same. (laughs) Let's be real. Same, same. (laughs) You, Emo, so did you mean gay? (laughs) Yes, I absolutely did. I absolutely did. <coughs> and Dash for a child is the straightest person Painfully I've ever straight. seen. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they had to balance it out somewhere because there's a lot of gay energy in that in that movie, which I appreciate. Um, I did, and I will cherish it to the end of my days. I did my in my first year of university, I took an art of cinema class as an elective, which was a great class. Um, and I had to write an assignment on any movie of my choice. I did write a 4,000 word assignment on The Incredibles. I love that. And you've just reminded me of a animated crush that I forgot I had, but again, I was way too fucking old to be having a crush on this person. Like, <laughs> I'm ready, tell me. Um, the Fox from Zootopia? Yeah. And the reason you reminded me is because in my first year of uni, I wrote about Zootopia and how nice. it was an analogy for racism. Which it is. Yeah. Which it absolutely is. But again, that is a vibe. And the tiger from yeah zootopia when he scooches over on the train i was like that is a gentleman honorable mention for a a, another tiger tigress from kung fu panda that bitch can get it she can get it like powerful take no shit even strong woman i don't know something cuddly about him um yeah probably because he's a fucking panda you idiot and also because he's jack black and i have a um special affinity towards jack black i do love him dearly Truly. And I think that he really, why do we keep going? Why do I keep going off track? He really was an underrated rom-com king. The Holiday? The Holiday. We had this convers- the ex- this exact conversation over Christmas. Yeah. The Holiday is the most superior Christmas film. Yeah. Love Actually is shit. Yeah, Love Actually can step aside to The Holiday. Sorry, we're not fans of Love Actually. If, we, if you never listen to us again because of that, I, I truly apologize. But, but I'll take it. I can't. I can't get behind that movie. Every man is the worst. Yes. And every dynamic is problematic. And I simply cannot um, sit there and stand the thought of Alan Rickman cheating on Emma Thompson. Um, it Clown is unacceptable. shit. Clown shit all of the men in that yeah. film. Anyway. <laughs> the Holiday, however, phenomenal. Yeah. So I think maybe Jack Black makes Poe a little bit, you know, sexier than he has any right to. <laughs> it is a panda, for Christ's sake. He's a little panda. A big panda. But In boy. my mind, he's little. He's just little. Cuddly. And then I have, okay, a couple of final mentions. So one is exploring an area that we actually haven't touched on at all, teetering into the superhero zone, the combination of, of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Um, will never not be incredibly sexy even um the new iteration of the harley quinn yes um animation yes. on prime yes i think honestly with mad respect to margot robbie probably the best harley quinn out is the animated version oh yeah oh 100 and her and poison ivy oh, gorgeous sexy vibes and has confirmed is is real in terms of the universe. Yeah, canon. It's canon. canon. Like, Thank you. I was trying to think of the word. Um, I'm I'm a geek. I mean, a geek. <laughs> I meant geek. Yeah. <laughs> Comic-Con. Not 
Gleek. No, no, oh my God, no. Where did that come from? Um, Siri Q, I need a hero from the Glee soundtrack. <laughs> I have one final duo that come from a series that we really haven't talked about at all. And it's probably because, in my humble opinion, um, these are the only two characters that would have sparked some kind of sexual awakening. And that is David and Nani from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, definitely. But I think we're also feeding that hot blonde lifeguard. Yeah, that literally just existed to be the hot blonde lifeguard. Yeah. I think she was only in like one episode. Yeah. But I always see her on TikTok and on Twitter and I'm not mad about it. No. Refresh my feed. There it is again. Hi, Queen. Exactly. Yeah. She, but also she looks exactly like Nani. You can't tell me shit. She looks like Nani, but with blonde Blonde. hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that, I think that one, I mean, again, objectively as individuals, sexy. We can can all agree. There's something sexy about how simpy David is for Nani. I agree. I completely agree with that statement. Um. And that that teeters more on the wholesome, be a part of my family, yeah. let's build a life together <laughs> element of sexiness, but I do think it's still valid. Yeah, I agree. I never even thought about that, but David and Nani, but again, I'm not having wholesome thoughts. No, there are, there are no wholesome thoughts. No. <laughs> not at all. Okay, I think we have exhausted... Both our own capacity to think about sexy animated characters um, yeah. and the list of, of the top nominations. Um, we would love to know what your animated sexual awakening was. Get creative. Get some good ins. Yeah, think about it hard. Yeah, don't just think about it hard. Until you're spiraling. Because I promise you the conversations that I had with those around me got progressively more unhinged the longer that we spoke about this particular topic and I think that's only fair yeah I mean if you're coming back with anything other than the most whack ass like animated character you're not thinking hard enough no we we kept it light yeah absolutely this it could have been we could have really unlocked some memories and you guys on some crazy niche characters they're, they're all just swarming to my head now. But anyway. I did spend, I will note that I did spend a significant amount of time thinking about the characters in Over the Hedge. Um, <laughs> I love the look that you just gave me. The line from Madagascar? Yeah. I mean, hot. A bit the of a wuss. But... shark from Shark Tale? <gasps> we didn't even touch on Shark Tale. Lola? Excuse me? Literally. Oscar? I mean, Will Smith, so like, naturally. Oscar is going to be a hottie. There's something about the mob boss shark. That yeah. really does something for me. Okay, we're about to open a hole. We're about to go to fish. We, <laughs> we, we, we walked away from the fish with Gil. We left it there. Back. Send us your animated sexual awakenings. We would love to hear them. We will have a good chuckle and, you know, a happy, happy time with you discussing these awakenings because we know that they're there. We know that they're there and there's no shame in that. Absolutely not. Okay, that is about it for this week's episode. I had a great time. Did you have a great time? I had a fucking mean time. Amazing. Sorry, translation, I had a great time. Yeah. Sometimes I had a fucking great time. Sometimes we forget that we're from New Zealand and that sometimes our slang does not translate no. into, no. Other, into other places. Sorry about that, but we'll, we'll provide the translation when yeah. applicable, don't you worry. Or Urban Dictionary, I'm sure yeah, it'll come do up. do your own research. Come on. <laughs> it's not my job to, <laughs> to educate you. you. 
Okay, okay. Next week, um, we are going to be talking not knowing how to date slash first dates, first dates, ex- first dating experiences, everything first dates. Yeah, if you follow our TikTok, you've already seen a little snippet of like my first dating experiences. Yeah, like a shameless promo for the TikTok. Right yeah. Now. Well, please don't actually watch it. No. <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Find us. Please. Find us on TikTok. Um, follow us on Instagram. Good girls underscore podcast. Um, every time I say that, I look to Siobhan like, is that what we named it? And every time she's tentatively says yes. Yes, and I also tentatively say yes because Michaela created the account. <laughs> so I'm like, why are you looking to me for confirmation? And our TikTok is HUD underscore app. Because this podcast is brought to you by HUDAP. Thank you, the team at HUDAP, for making this podcast possible. Thank you so much for joining me today. Siobhan, it's been lovely speaking with you. We will chat next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.